We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Attention, adoring fans. Back to more John Chuckery. Hey, folks, how you doing? Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, back with you on the John Chuckery Show, live in the Key Studios, Monday night. Final hour of the program is the start of the Brown Liquor Music Hour. You know how we do it on Mondays, Motown Monday. Chuck Rose gets first request, a little four tops to get us started here on this Monday. 404-741-0929, Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Odyssey app is how you catch us on the go, social media at 92 The Game. At JMCH316 at underscore Dylan Matthews. Braves up 4-3 to three right now as we head to the bottom of the uh, eighth inning. So uh, A.J. Minter is on after uh, Dylan Lee pitched the uh, seventh inning. Max Fried went six innings with three runs. Nine hits, but had no walks and eight strikeouts. That's the thing. If you don't, if you don't walk, guys, you can give up some hits without getting yourself in trouble. It's when you start to add those base runners in there that it starts to kill you. Now, Dylan, we got people upset uh, at at us, or more specifically me, about our Marvel conversation. Look, Uh-oh. here's the thing, okay? I, I understand why they're making all these offshoot movies, right? Yeah. Because, first off, it's the only thing they make nowadays, right? Right. I mean, again, I understand people like nostalgia. Look at how well Top Gun has done. It's the number one movie yeah. in, in the world this year. It's over. It's a 1.3 billion worldwide. Yep. It's now in the top ten all time for domestic box office. Mm-hmm. It actually is ahead of the first Avengers movie now. Wow. And it's about 40 million from beating uh, Infinity War. That's and, crazy. and it's going to pass Titanic and yeah. and a lot of these other. And it's it's going to pass Titanic and a few other movies. So it it's again it's a good movie with nostalgia to it and people like that. But again, why do you, when, when when I talk about these things. Nobody knows these things. Like there's six people. Why, why do you think when they start, when they first made movies off of Marvel comic books, why do you think they made Spiderman, Iron Man, Thor, Hulk, X Men, Yep, Fantastic Four? Why do you think they made those movies first? Because they know who, of course, people know who they are. Right. Why do you think they didn't make you know, Miss Marvel. Uh, yeah, and Tan Man or whatever. Or, or the whole Bug family. Why do they didn't make the whole Bug family? <laughs> or She-Hulk. Right. <laughs> Why do you think they didn't make those movies first? Because nobody knows who those people are. Nope. You know, the, the old saying is play the hits. That's mm-hmm. why. 
You know why DC hasn't gone to because people want Superman, Batman, yep, you know Wonder Woman, you know Aquaman, you know people <laughs> want what they know. Like I'm no comic book expert, but I sure as hell know who Iron Man and Tahor and Spiderman and X Men. I know who yep. those people are, and that's why you know things like She Hulk and. Uh, Captain America and the or the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. That's why those don't get put as movies. That's why they get made as series on right. Disney Plus. Right. Because people don't know them. Right. And and look, I, because I've because the Captain America movies were so damn good. You know, like the original, the first Captain America movie, eh. But Winter Soldier and Civil War. Civil, Civil War. War is the best damn Marvel movie made. Yep. I'm telling you, that movie's outstanding. Well, yeah, I know the Falcon and the Winter Soldier and all those people. Before that, I had no idea who any of those people were. Honestly, I had no clue. So, again, people are like, oh, you don't understand that uh, T'Challa's sister takes. Yeah, because nobody knows that. Nobody knows that his sister takes over as the Black Panther except for eight people. If, if, if that was that important that it made it, again, if it hadn't been for the fact that the guy died who played him, they'd be making another Black Panther movie. Yep. Because people were looking for that. After all the Marvel movies, people were like, well, you know, let's face it. The black community was like, can we get Black Panther? Yeah. And it's a terrific movie. He's, again, he's tremendous in it. Well, we didn't see him the first time until Civil War, right? Right. And that's what the the sixth or seventh movie that was made in the Marvel Universe. Why do you think Mm -hmm. that is? A lot of people don't know him. Right. Like I know who he is. I know who Black Panther is. I don't know his. I don't know his whole story and all that. You know Wakanda and you know the metal and all that kind of stuff. I know that they. I know they had the metal or whatever that that made like what the, the shield and all that kind of stuff for Captain America, right? That's right. What's all that made out of and everything like that? Uh-huh. But I don't know the whole vibranium. History. Yeah, vibranium. Yeah. So you know you got you got whatever titanium or whatever you got. <laughs> But again, why do you think they made those movies? Why do you think they made Spit? Why do you think they were making Spiderman with Tobey Maguire? Or they made the X Men movies because people know Professor X and Wolverine. People know those characters. That's why. That's why they didn't do you know Ant Farm. You know, it's the first movie. <laughs> and 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 who's this other group? The Incrustables or whatever. Incrustables. Yeah, you know, that that they had that movie. What's that movie? You know. The movie that they had with Angelina Jolie and oh, Selma the Eternals. Hyde. Who the hell are those people? I don't Nobody know. Nobody knows those people. Yeah, I still haven't seen all the Eternals. I gotta watch it. Who the hell knows who the the Everglades are? <laughs> Everglades. Nobody knows oh those people. Gosh. That's why they weren't made first. That's why you've had to have. 12 years of other movies made before you get to those things. So people already invest and you have an audience. Right. Yeah, you can buy into those characters. Or, or, you ready? Uh You start running out of people to make movies about. There you go. You start start running out of, okay, like, for instance, how many Spiderman movies can you make? Not that many. A thousand? Right. Seriously. Like, how many villains does Spiderman have? He's got the Green Goblin. He's got Sandman. He's got Doc Ock. He's got what's the what was the Rhino? Got oh, the uh, rhinoceros. Yeah, rhino. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. Rhino. He's got you know like 
there are a handful Vulture, of and that's about it. Right. And and then obviously um the um uh the what's the black uh, um venom. Oh yeah, venom. Yeah. yeah. So you've only got like a handful of enemies that anybody knows about. And we just start coming up with all these crazy th- enemies and stuff. I got Ant Farm and I got all these bugs and stuff that are running <laughs> around. I got the Encrustables, you know? I I got like, you know, the, you know, the the even Wanda, Wanda Maximoff. I mean, she's a big character now, but they had to wait to introduce right. her until like three but, or four movies but in. Nobody knows who that is. Right. They, we don't find out about her until like the second Avengers movie, right? Ultron. Exactly. Yep. Until Ultron. Right. Like, and, and even I know who Thanos was. I understand who Thanos was. I didn't know who Thanos was until the movies. I didn't know about. I don't know about some of these shootoffs that they have. Like I, I've heard of the. I don't know Kang. I don't know. Uh, well, I think he's down the dial doing sports. Kang, uh, <laughs> Kang in college football. But I, you know, again, the the Secret Wars. I've heard of that. I'm familiar with with all that. Mm-hmm. That's where they bring all the Marvel characters up and they have them in battle and everything against one another. Yep. Yep. But who runs that? I think that's I think that's still part of the scroll because like the whole thing with the Secret Wars is like the the scroll who are like shapeshifters are secretly invading because they're shapeshifting and so like you don't know who's who like cuz I like, thought those were the good guys they, in the, in the Captain Marvel movie they are the good guys they're like the misunderstood good some right. of them some of them are bad but okay. most of them are good cuz in Captain Marvel they turned out to be the good guys the cor- shapeshifters correct and the cat ate a box and you know we got <laughs> cat all that box. stuff I, and i i'd heard of Captain Marvel but i had no idea like who that person was, right? Like I had no idea what the story was or anything. I've heard of Captain Marvel, and she's supposed to be like the ultimate Avenger, right? Yeah, she's the ultimate force on everything, right? But like, and again, there's like half a dozen of those people because it's not—they're not all Carol Danvers. Nope, because he got a Miss Marvel. Oh my! We God. got a we got a photon. We got Miss kinda... Marvel, a Mrs. Marvel, a Ms. Marvel, a, a Mr. Marvel. Mister... We got a we got a buy Marvel. We got a try Marvel. <laughs> oh my God! Like how many how many Marvels have we got? <laughs> there actually is a um, in the comics. Oh man, there actually was a Mr. Marvel or something like that. I'm sure there's probably a buy Marvel, a try Marvel, a Unimarvel, <laughs> a dual Marvel. I'm sure that there's probably all of those in there at some point. But there's a reason why they made all of those other characters first, because that's the, what people recognize. And you're right. I mean, look, I get it. They they have a million platforms now. They have Disney Plus, and they've got Chick Flicks, and they got Fubu, and they got all these streaming services that they have to fill, and the the cinema movies, right? But there's a reason why that it was X Men. Look, 20 years ago. How many how many movies off Marvel characters did we have? We had Spiderman, we had X Men, we had the Fantastic Four, Hulk. That's about it. Yeah. Why why do you think that is? Why why do you suppose that that's the characters that we got? Right. Give people something that they would understand. Now I've got the Encrustables and. I don't know what we got going on now. The ant farm. I got, I got the ant farm, and I got the Everglades, <laughs> and I got all these crazy people. Like, 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 who knows these things? I understand there's a niche for all of this, but again, you have to, you have to appeal to me. That that's because you know what? I was first in line to go see Top Gun. You know why? Because I damn sure remember Top Gun, and that's in my wheelhouse. That's 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. 30 years ago for Top Gun. 
And I was right there in line. I waited for years for that the thing to come out, brother. <laughs> I'm who you got to appeal to, so I'll go to the theater and spend all that money. I don't buy Disney Plus and FUBU and Chick Flicks and all those <laughs> streaming services and stuff. You want the money, man. Suck me in. And I'll go watch a Marvel movie, but I'm not going to go watch the Encrustables and Ant Farm and the Everglades. <laughs> you know? Like, I'm not going to watch those. I want to watch Spiderman. And Iron Man and Tahor, whatever. Hell, I even watch the Hulk if he's mixed up with a whole bunch of people. Yeah. I don't want to see he Hulk, she Hulk, they Hulk, we Hulk, they Hulk, our Hulk. Everybody Hulks now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, all right, when we get back, have the Braves' trade priorities changed given recent events over the weekend? We'll talk about that next. Chuck Kia Studios. Sports right now the game, Odyssey.com app. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. So who is this person? It's John Chuckery. Are you sure? Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Back with you, John Chuckery Show. Hanging out at Key Studios. Head to the top of the hour in the JR Sports Brief. Uh, Brown Liquor Music Hour rolling right along. It is a Motown Monday. 404 Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Odyssey app site catches on the go. Social media at 929 The Game at JMSH316 at underscore Dylan Matthews. Well, that turned a little bit here. Uh, unfortunately, A.J. Minter got roughed up a little bit, uh, capped off with a um, a home run by Stott, who, uh, or I shouldn't say now, the Phillies are up. Scored three runs in the eight, so now it's a 6-4 game for the Braves. So Braves are down two now. They got the lead back at 4-3. to three. Um, now they're down six to four as they bat here in the top of the ninth. So uh, Harris is up uh, right now. So we'll see if the Braves can rally here because uh, this is it, final at bat. So um, Minter is going to be on the hook for the loss as of right now. Uh, Freed was fine, wasn't great, but he was fine. Uh, Dylan Lee was terrific. Dylan Lee did his job and came in, but unfortunately, Minter has been so good uh, all year. 
uh, for the Braves. Just had one of those rough outings that, that you have. So he pitched an inning with three hits, three earned runs, and did give up the uh, the uh, the one home run with uh, a couple of guys on, gave up the three-run homer. By the way, a two-out three-run homer. That always hurts. That doesn't feel very good when uh, when all that happens. So anyway, we'll uh, we'll see if the Braves can come back. So we shall see. We'll keep you up to date about uh, the Braves here as they get this thing wrapped up with the first game in Philadelphia. Now, speaking of the Braves, as we head toward the trade deadline, obviously things kind of looked a little different over the weekend. Number one, we got the announcement that Adam Duvall is going to be out for the rest of the year. He's going to have wrist surgery. So he's out for the season now. Okay, that's a guy you've counted on that started in center field in the early part of the year before Michael Harris came up. Um, Certainly one of your better defensive outfielders and a guy who's been playing a ton for you this year. And you don't have a lot of great replacements to play outfield besides Duvall. Okay, then obviously Ian Anderson getting roughed up and another start of his 19, nine of his 19 starts where he's given up at least four runs or more. That's like his second or third start this year where he's given up at least seven runs. He was not good yesterday in three innings of work. Got pounded on, and that was all she wrote. So now you're looking and saying, okay, do we have our starters figured out? Plus Strider, you know, trying to figure out if he can, you know, as long as he's pitching well, but how far do you push him? And I said what's going to be very interesting to watch is the first at least couple of starts, two to three starts, and that's it, Braves uh, lose 6-4. But the first two or three starts that Strider makes coming out of the All-Star break. Because you're getting into that territory of he's maximizing his innings and how well does he pitch? What Do you, do you see a guy who's still throwing well and, and he can, you know, eat up some innings and continue long? Or does he start to get a little bit tired? We will see. We will see what happens with all of that. But it's going to be important. So maybe starters on the table for the Braves. Obviously, relief help. That's another thing. You can't have too many good relievers, right? Hey, second base. You know, we talked about they picked up Robinson Cano. Okay, um, he's got four hits in his time with the Braves. Two of those were the first game that he played, right? And I was in Myrtle Beach watching the game. He had two hits on that opening night against, um, what was that, the Mets. And since then, he's only had two more hits, a double, no homers, no RBI, hitting 222. And Arcia has cooled off. He came in tonight hitting 245. Now, he's 0 for 2. He has scored a run with a walk, but he's down to 241 and a 323 on base percentage. So his numbers are fading quick. And a couple of defensive miscues that he had a couple weeks ago. Okay, do you need maybe second base help? So how do the Braves prioritize at the trade deadline? Where it looked like a couple of weeks ago, you're like, well, pff, we're okay with Arcia. He looks really good. Well, we're okay with our starters. You know, Anderson's been kind of a mixed bag, but, you know, he's been at least, you know, up and down a little bit, not killing us completely. And Strider's a phenom, so we look like we're pretty good there. Up, oh, Duvall in the outfield, and everybody's rolling right along, right? And we're getting guys back in the bullpen, right? You know, Kirby Yates is on his way back. Matzik is back now. Where do you prioritize? I do think that, number one, the Braves need themselves one more outfielder. And, and a guy who can play daily if need be is at least competent enough defensively that he can play daily if need be. And not Soler and not Ozuna and, you know, not just using Rosario. Somebody who's competent defensively and, 
you know, I again, I like the idea of another left-handed bat. I like the idea of having the left-hander because think about the right-handed pitchers that you're going to see in your division especially, right? You're still going to see Nola, Alcantara. You got DeGrom. You got Scherzer, right? You got some good right-handed starters that you're going to see just even your own division. Forget about everything else. Oh, by the way, I saw a stat. You know Ian Anderson's whip is like the second worst in the National League? You know who's got the worst whip? How many times have we talked about Patrick Corbin on the show, how awful he's? He has the worst whip in the National League. That's the only guy worse than Ian Anderson right now. Patrick Corbin. That's the kind of company Ian Anderson is keeping right now is Patrick Corbin, for God's sakes. So that's not a good thing to be in. So I still think that outfield is number one out there. With, to be honest with you, probably second base help. Because here's my thought about the starters. I think you can get through with Strider, okay? I think you have to make Ian Anderson figure it out up here. And I think if you need starter help, you go to your you go to your minor league system. Instead of trading for another veteran arm, what have you, I think you go to your minor league system. Because if you trade for a veteran arm, he ain't going to pitch in the postseason. Anderson was your best postseason pitcher last year. You got to give him a shot. Strider's a phenom. And your first three spots are set. You're ready to go. So we're talking about the very end of the rotation at this point. So I'm going to go with Elder. I'm going to go with Tucker. I'm going to go with, you know, guys like, or, uh, 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 not Tucker, but uh, Davidson and, um, uh, oh, God, who's the other guy? Mueller, Mueller, Kyle Muller. I'm going to go with guys like that. I'm going to give those guys a shot. Well, they didn't pitch well before. Okay. I'm not, I'm not going to send Ian Anderson down because, you know, I don't need him going on that Partridge family bus back and forth and trying to figure some things out. He doesn't get really fixed. That's Rick Kranich's job right now to fix Ian Anderson. It's his job to watch tape and break it down with him and figure out what they need to do to get better out there. But if I need a starter, I'm going to pull from my minor league system. I'm going to pull guys that have been up here before and had moments. Consistently, no. But a moment here or there, fine. I'm much more open to putting them on the Partridge family bus and letting them come up and down and doing all their thing and this, that, and the other with it. So I think right now outfield is where A has got to look and see what he can find. Can he find a left-handed bat that can play a corner outfield spot on a regular basis? You don't need another center fielder at this point. You can play Ronnie in center field if something happens to Harrison. You can even play Arcia, I guess, in center field. But, you know, maybe maybe one more guy in your corner outfield that you feel confident that if I have to play him for seven games in a row or something like that, I feel like he's not going to kill me, both offensively and defensively, or at least a platoon guy that you feel like can be a defensive substitution out there. Although, like I said, I'd much rather have a guy who can start for me every day. And not Juan Soto, by the way. I mean, I know Juan Soto fits everything, right? Left-handed, bat, starting outfielder can play, right? No, I'm not, and I don't think the Braves have enough assets right now without dipping into their current roster to – to make things happen. Because uh, you, you're talking about having to get rid of it at that point. Strider and everybody else. I don't think Soto's going to get traded at the deadline. I think I think if the Nationals are smart, they will wait until we get to the offseason, get down to the winter meetings, and then, you know, look at and, and then compare packages of, of you know, who offers me what and this, that, and the other, right? That's what I would do. I would, I would wait to trade Soto. His trade value is not going to go down by waiting to the offseason. You're more likely to have more dance partners and things like that by waiting the offseason and letting teams put together a a real package of a guy and say, okay, here's what we're willing to offer you. 
You know, if you're the Padres or Yankees or whoever's going to be in the mix for all that. But I don't think he's getting traded at the deadline. So, again, unless the Nationals feel like they're desperate and they feel like they got to move on from him, I don't think they're going to move him out there. But, you know, we'll see what Alex Anthopoulos is going to do because now all of a sudden you've got some things that, you know, might need to be kind of fixed. And the reason I said second base is because Snitker kind of updated us sort of yesterday at the game saying, yeah, I don't really have any update on Ozzie Albies. It doesn't look like we're, we're anytime soon. And I know he's on the 60-day IL, but it doesn't look like we're anytime soon that we're going to see Ozzie back. Okay. Can't afford to have a big hole. And, and what happens if, what happens if Ozzie doesn't come back? What happens if Ozzie ends up being out for the season? And hopefully it's not that. Hopefully that's not where we're at with Ozzie Albies right now. But I do think you at this point have to go get another outfielder. And it's kind of crazy to think because a couple weeks ago, really didn't have to worry about that particular position. Really didn't, really didn't have to worry about all of that. Didn't have to really, didn't have to really worry about needing another outfielder. You felt like with Michael Harris up here, okay, Duvall gets a little bit on track. We got Rosario coming back, right? And just think about that. You know, like early in the year, it was kind of like, oh, crap, we need some outfielders. We got no Ronnie. We got, we got Duvall playing every day. We have no Rosario. We need outfielders. Now you felt like with Rosario back, Duvall back, and Harris, like, okay, we got this thing kind of figured out. We can always throw Ozuna out and left if we need to. Now, I don't know if Jock Peterson is a guy who's going to be available or not. I'm not convinced that, that the Giants are going to move on from him because they're going to spend money in the offseason to upgrade. They may be in the Juan Soto mix as well. So if they're in the Juan Soto mix, I'm not sure that they're ready to give up Peterson yet, and they may want to use him, you know, if they can if they can sign him to maybe be a bargaining chip. But, again, he's a free agent at the end of the year. I like the idea of the Braves bringing him in, gives me a left-handed bat, can play every day, and gives me a little bit of pop and punch. He kind of fits, obviously, what this team wants to do. So if he's available, I'd make a run at Peterson. That'd be one of my first targets. I saw the they they talked about a, a, one of the backup outfielders for the Diamondbacks and the guy's hitting 161 right now. I'm like, I got enough of those guys on the roster right now. I got enough guys who can barely hit their weight on the roster. What do I want him for? All right, one more segment to go. We'll talk uh, some things with you here coming up uh, uh, before we head to the top of the hour in the JR Sports Brief. Chuck in the Key Studios, Sports Radio the Game, Odyssey.com app. But Back to more John Chuckery. This party's gonna rock. Make some noise. Sports Radio 929, the game. Sports Radio 929, the game. Back with you, John Chuckery Show. Hanging out at Key Studios. Head to the top of the hour. Here our sports brief coming up after that. 404-741-0929 is our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Odyssey app site catches on the go. Social media at 92 on the game at JMCH316 at underscore Dylan Matthews. Um, Braves lose tonight 6-4, to four, so that's not a good way to start off uh, in Philadelphia. So hopefully, And you had your ace on the mound, so that kind of sucks. So hopefully the Braves get this thing figured out. And the uh, Mets were off tonight, so Braves now two games back of the uh, Mets. They lose a half game tonight because the Mets are off and they'll play the Yankees in a quick two-game set starting tomorrow. So we'll see what that happens with all of that. So hopefully they lose a couple of games. Um, Braves were able to get it to a half game and now have lost a couple uh, in a row. So, um, and again, you thought tonight was a, you know, a chance because you got your ace uh, on the mound. So we'll, um, 
We'll see what it looks like uh, tomorrow. Hopefully beat the Phillies and maybe take two out of three from them before, um, um, you know, before uh, you get to the, and we're getting toward the end of the month and we'll head, uh, what, August 4th, I think we said, is when the Mets um, will take on. They'll have five in New York and then they'll have four games in the middle of the month uh, against the Mets uh, as well. Strider will pitch tomorrow. Good matchup, by the way, tomorrow. Strider and Nola, going to be a lot of swings and misses uh, in that game. So if you like strikeouts, like strikeouts in a fast game, that game should be pretty good uh, tomorrow night. So we, uh, been, I've been watching the uh, A&E biography uh, documentaries on the uh, WWE. And, um, you know, I, I was actually kind of surprised. Last night's A&E biography with uh, the Bella Twins was actually not bad. It was, it was actually pretty good. I was, you know, I learned a few things. I'll be honest with you, in that era of WWE, I wasn't watching all that much. I've never been a big John Cena fan. Um, you know, their women's division, the Divas division, you know, I loved, loved Trish, loved Lita, loved Victoria, um, you know. But, you know, as you got into that Bella Twins and, you know, the early, early days of Natty and stuff like that, and I love Natalia. I think she's tremendous. But, you know, some of that stuff I just, eh, you know, wasn't, wasn't much into, and I wasn't a big fan of, of John Cena. And, you know, obviously he was, you know, rolling through the company and stuff like that at that time. So it really was kind of disengaged from all that. But I thought the biography was pretty good. I thought they, you know, they were, they were pretty open and honest about things, both, you know, professionally and personally. I give them credit. I think they wanted to be wrestlers and things like that. It wasn't just, you know, trying to be, you know, models and things like that. Uh, they wanted to actually get out there and physically get at it and wrestle and stuff like that. So I thought it was pretty good. I'll have to give it. Then afterward, they've been doing this series, the the rivals, and you know the the first one, first one was great. That was Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart. That's a that's because their rivalry is both on and off. And the funny part about, you know, the funny thing about their in ring rival, Shawn and Bret, was, you know, they had the WrestleMania. What was that WrestleMania twelve that they wrestled when when the uh, was it WrestleMania twelve? Yeah, WrestleMania twelve. When they had the Iron Man match, the 60-minute Iron Man, and they really didn't headline another pay-per-view together until they got together at Survivor Series in 97. It's not like they had a – I mean, they did house shows and stuff like that. But you talk about major matches that those two had. You think of Survivor Series 97 when when Brett got screwed, and you think of the Iron Man match. But outside of that, how many times did they really hook up and and go at one another? So kind of funny, but, I mean, because they were also – the two top guys, and they also didn't like each other. You know, that was another thing. That That's what made it good. The Kane-Undertaker thing, you know, that was the second one they had. Again, it was kind of cool at the start, and then they put them both in the ring to wrestle each other. I will tell you, I don't think they ever had a good match. I don't think, I don't think Kane and Undertaker ever had a good match against one another. And I understand they had a bunch of gimmick matches, right? Coffin matches and and what was that? What was the infer- the inferno match, where the whole outs- the whole ring was on fire and all that stuff? The inferno match that was lame. That was I mean, other than Undertaker jumping over the top rope and the flames and everything, but the match was terrible. Those two never had never had good matches against one another. But the Brothers of Destruction, oh, that's one of my favorite tag teams of all time. Brothers of Destruction was tremendous. I loved them when they were together. When they were the brothers and they were together fighting one another, eh. I thought it was pretty lame. Then last night they had, you know, maybe the maybe the best rivalry in um, in WWE history, and that of course is the Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Now, see, the thing with them is they had a real rivalry because they matched them up so many times. But they they obviously headlined three WrestleManias. 
Nobody's ever done that. Never been three WrestleMania matches, you know, that, that headline what those two guys had. But they had all kinds of other matches with one another, and they had matches that involved those guys. Because I've said before, my favorite Austin Rock match isn't one of the WrestleMania matches. It's Backlash 99. It's the pay-per-view after WrestleMania 15. And that's the famous match, like the no-hold-bars match. They fight outside all over the, the ring and or they, out in the crowd and everything like that. Austin takes a drink of a Coke, and he, and he then dumps it on Rock. And then it's also famous because the Rock picks up the – after the Rock, you know, takes out Austin, he picks up the TV. He's got the handheld camera, TV camera, and he's filming Ra, uh, Austin on top of the table. And Austin flips him off and gives him a stunner, you know, on the table with the camera and everything like that. That's that match. That's Backlash 99. That's my favorite Rock and Austin match, not even the, the three WrestleMania matches. So those guys had a, all kinds of and, – and by the way, the Intercontinental Championship match, that's the one in December of 97 when, um, when uh, Austin gave uh, D'Lo Brown the stunner on the truck. He drove the pickup truck in. The Austin 316 pickup truck gave D'Lo the stunner on the truck, and he gave one to um, um, Kama. Right then he beats the Rock in like six minutes because he couldn't Austin couldn't wrestle so they had like actually a really good rivalry and obviously we've never seen a time the only thing even close to what those two guys were were when Savage and Hogan were were two of the top guys you know WrestleMania five and I guess sort of WrestleMania four as well because that was the tournament that Savage won the title but other than the, other than the Mega Powers you never really had two guys at that level at one time in the in the business the way that Rock and Austin were so that was pretty cool and there's a lot of good. A lot of good footage and stuff like that out there. It, it does make me wonder about if, with everybody having their last match, and by the way, I keep watching these videos of, of Flair's last match. I understand. They're going through this whole big production, and I understand. You know, you, you need guys who can work with Flair, can take care of him, right? That's why you've got Jeff Jarrett. That's why you've got Jay Lethal, right? you got guys who can really work, and, and they know Flair and can take care of Flair. And you've got, you know, Andrade, his son-in-law, that, that's the natural tie-in. And Andrade's a good worker, too. But, you know, this, I don't know. I look at Ric Flair at 73 years old, and I'm just like, why are you going back in? I, I, I'll, I know he's saying it's not the money, which I don't completely believe. I think, honestly, I think Flair saw, I think Flair saw Stone Cold and, and Vince at WrestleMania this year. I think he saw Stone Cold and Vince, and, and that got him thinking that, Okay, we can do this. And then his, you know, son-in-law Conrad talked him into it. Hey, yeah, we can do one more match. We'll give you a proper send-off, and we'll do it with Jim Crockett Promotions and all that. But I think he looked at Austin and Vince, and Vince is the same age, basically, as you know, Vince is what a couple years older than Flair's. What seventy-three, seventy-four, or something like that. Vince is seventy-seven, right? So, I mean, they're a few years apart from one another, but basically about the same age. When Once you get in your 70s, it all runs together at that point. Ric Flair just seems so fragile to me. Like, I feel like, and I haven't seen him since he's been working out and stuff, but he just seems like he's going to, like, yeah. break. Yeah, because, I mean, he's got, you know, all kinds of heart issues and this, that, and the other. Yeah, there's a reason for that, because he is. I, I know he can take bumps and stuff like that. I get it. And, and, and they're going to try to be safe with him, and he ain't going to work a whole lot. It ain't like he's going to start the match or anything like that, but I don't know. The, the, and, again, we, we have a lot of Conrad's podcast partners that are on the show and stuff like that and all that. I think it looks kind of ridiculous myself. Um, the undercard is pretty good. 
I, I like the Fatu kid. You know, he's one of the, the Samoans. I like him, and I like some of the matches they got on the undercard, but I don't know. I'm I'm good if I don't see Ric Flair wrestle. And, and if you watched if you watch WrestleMania and the way that they protected Austin, you know, Austin didn't take bumps. Austin took one bump in that whole thing. Honestly, that's all he did. Other than that bump, it was stomp a mud hole, it was punch, and it was stunners. That's it. You know, Austin wasn't taking bumps. He wasn't taking all kinds. He took one bump from Kevin Owens. One bump where he landed, you know, we did a flat back. One, one flat back bump, and that was it. The rest of it was him, you know, beating everybody up and just taking punches and stuff like that. It didn't work. That's why I wrestled in clothes and stuff, right? He didn't wrestle in black trunks and boots and all that kind of stuff. He wrestled in his, you know, street clothes and all that for a reason. You can't take bumps and all that kind of stuff anymore. And Vince, of course, you know, Vince was just, you know, just it, the spectacle of seeing Vince out there was was hilarious. And Vince, you know, 30 years later still can't take a stunner to to save his life. But I don't know. This Ric Flair thing that's coming up this weekend, you know, it just it just doesn't quite look right. And if you missed it earlier, we're going to talk to a Vince Russo coming up uh, tomorrow night. So we're going to talk uh we're going to talk with Vince Russo about his thoughts about about Vince McMahon and uh, you know where WWE is headed and things like that. I'm sure he's going to have, you know, some opinions. I know he's got his podcast uh, out there and um and he'll uh, he'll definitely have his opinions about uh, Vince and all that kind of stuff. Um that should be interesting and look, I hope it's a better creative direction with Triple H at the helm. You know, I hope we get, you know, some a little bit more of that old school kind of feel. Um, you know, remember, they're an entertainment company. They're not a wrestling company anymore. That's not what they do. That Wrestling is the byproduct of, of what they put on their TV show, but they don't look at themselves as a wrestling company. They don't look at themselves as like Jim Crockett Promotions or Mid-South or, you know, uh, Global or anything like that. They look at themselves as an entertainment company. We, we have wrestling as the backdrop. We make movies, you know, make music. We do all these kinds of things, but, you know, wrestling just happens to be the backdrop for for how we frame our storyline and stuff like that. Hopefully Triple H will bring some of that look and feel back to it of, okay, you know, late 90s WWE. And if they're going to go to TV 14, maybe they can bring a little bit more of that adult uh, content back out there. They said they're planning on going back to TV 14, so they haven't been that in a while. It will be interesting. It'll be interesting to see, you know, if Vince still kind of has his hand tapped into the family and what goes on out there. All right, going to wrap things up with the Love TKO up next. Chuck Reed in the Key Studios, Sports Radio, the game, Odyssey.com. Sports Radio, 92.9, the game, wrapping things up on the John Checkery Show. Doing what we always do, that love TKO. Getting ready for the JR Sports Brief coming up next. Going to be with you uh, all week as we get ready for Falcons training camp. Before we get out of here, though, let me let you listen to what is the greatest opening lyric in all of music history. Looking back over my years, I guess I shed some tears. Don't forget our training camp coverage will start on Friday as we'll be out. Freaky and Hugh, Andy and Randy, everybody will be out uh, and about. So uh, we'll have all your coverage uh, right here as um, uh, veterans report tomorrow. So uh, rookies reported last week. 
veterans report tomorrow, and then come this weekend, they'll start getting into actual practice. Don't forget, you can go on to AtlantaFalcons.com and check out all the open practices. they got a lot of open practices, so you'll be able to see them quite a bit. Then that starts on Friday and then Saturday uh, as well. So uh, I think they're you know going to be um, – going to be running things most of the time about 9.30 in the morning. So if you want, check out AtlantaFalcons.com. They have the full list of open practices out there. And don't forget, we'll be live and local with you there, um, you know, all next week especially. So it won't be just um, won't be just uh, John and Hugh and uh, Andy and Randy, but once we get to, um, you know, Friday, because uh, they have a couple days off mixed in here and there. But once we get to next Friday, then we're going to have Freaky and Hugh. We're going to have Steak and Sandra. We're going to have Andy and Randy. So it's going to be loaded for bear. John Freaky? Yep, John Freaky, the one and only. Nobody better, right? Nobody better than, than Freaky Deekaliki. So um, they'll be uh, all out there for all that. He's back from vacation, right? I think he's uh, I think he's back from uh, vacation. So um, good on Rob Tribble for uh, filling in for him uh, all last week. So I think uh, I think Freaky is back, uh, backing in the, uh, the mix for everything. So, yeah, Falcons training camp. Hard to believe that we're at that point and we're getting close to – where we're going to have uh, preseason games and things like that. So we can finally get into seeing what this team is going to look like. It might be a long season. You know, it might be, might be hard to watch at times. might be a really long season. might be hard to watch, but it is kind of what it is, right? We have to go through these growing pains to, you know, get to the, the top of the mountain. So we got to put in, put in some work this year. So I, I just hope it doesn't go bad sideways. I hope this thing doesn't turn into like a two or three win kind of season because, yeah, that'll be that'll be tough to watch. It it your two or three wins, that's that's a hard even even if you are in rebuild mode, it's hard to sit and watch a two or three win season. It just it just is. It's just not not what you want to see. But you know, anyway, we'll see. Hopefully the Falcons they can win. Like I said, I I think they'll win six. They can do that. We'll be swinging high. All right, we gotta get out of here. We'll be back with you tomorrow evening for Dylan and Chuckery. We'll see you. Bye. See, I try to hold on, my faith is gone. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 